Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning. It's Monday, November 16th, in the year of our Lord 2020. And you're listening to the RPR Network. It's Real Presence Live. I'm Matt Wilcom, along with Father Tim Buren, and we're here at the Church of St. Charles Borromeo in St. Charles, Minnesota, where Father Buren is pastor. I, uh, myself, Matt Wilcom, am the Communications Director for the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, where we are also uh, in the, uh, we're looking out at the uh, beautiful uh, sunrise here. It's a, it's a a little bit cloudy, Father Buren, but uh, a beautiful day nonetheless. Absolutely, a beautiful day, and welcome again, Matt, here to St. Charles Borromeo. A special welcome to all of those that are listening wherever you are. We are so grateful that you are taking the time to be with us this day. Uh, certainly, the Lord blesses us wherever we are. So why don't we begin with a prayer before we enter into our show and acknowledge the Holy Presence of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God, our Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, the divine physician and healer, who is the light of the world and the light in the darkness. We ask that you continue to shower your blessings upon all of us, especially our listeners, to fill us with that gift of hope, that hope prevails during this time with the gift of faith and in unity with your Son, Jesus Christ, leads us on the journey. We ask for your blessings for all of our uh, speakers today, those that we're interviewing, and again, in particular, for those that are at home, at work, or on the road. Uh, we also remember during this month of November, our beloved who have entered eternal life, and we continue to be mindful of the poor souls in purgatory. God, our Heavenly Father, watch over, guide, and protect, and lead all souls to you. And we make all of these prayers, all of these needs, and intercessions in the name of Jesus, who is Lord forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father Biren. You mentioned the four souls in purgatory, whose uh, it's the month of November is dedicated to the prayer for the, the poor souls. Uh, the, I, be, I believe normally it's only the first week of November where uh, us Catholics, uh, anyone really, is uh, granted a uh, plenary indulgence on behalf of someone else who has already passed on. If we visit a cemetery and say any prayer on their behalf, but that, in the time of COVID now, from what I understand, has been extended to the entire month. That is correct. And, and it is a beautiful uh, way to express that faith and also to, uh, to not forget those that have been laid to rest in our parish cemeteries and beyond. Uh, certainly some of the most holiest ground we have. And as we find ourselves visiting uh, during this time uh, to receive those graces. I've, what I've been doing is as I've been driving around uh, to see the new area that we're living in, my family and I, uh, looking at different areas, different cemeteries will show up, and some are Catholic, some are not. And sometimes, I've been, I've been actually just stopping at random cemeteries, not even Catholic, um, because you know those, those secular cemeteries, if you will, 
or non-Catholic cemeteries, I think those folks are perhaps even in more need of our prayers uh, for people to just stop by randomly, pray for their, their soul. Um, I don't know. It's something that I've just been randomly doing as an act of charity every day because we can do it uh, once a day, I believe, for all, throughout the month of November for a different soul. So I encourage you to take that opportunity. If you are going by a cemetery, stop just for five minutes. It could make all the difference in the world to a soul who is waiting to enter the full vision of God. What a gift to hear how the Lord has planted on your heart this desire uh, to visit some of these cemeteries that are not Catholic and certainly to uh, live out what the Lord is inviting you to do. And so you, as a modern-day disciple, are continuing that uh, that mission even to those that have entered eternal life, of course, and praying for the souls to reach the glory of the beatific vision with our Heavenly Father. Well, for those of us who are still on our way to eternity and trying to live out the message of the gospel, the good news, uh, the, uh, be a part of the family of faith and hope, that the RPR Network, that's our slogan, our, your family of faith and hope. Uh, we are blessed to have in studio here Pete Martin, who is the Director of Life, Marriage, and Family, and Faith Formation for the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. We're going to be talking about praying together as a family. Uh, as uh, as uh, we uh, are continue this year, this trying year, this difficult year in many ways, um, Pete's going to give us some, some pointers to help strengthen our family life uh, as we uh, navigate these rough waters. Pete, welcome to the show. Thanks very much. And just to piggyback on the first conversation, I just happened to have the press release from the Vatican about the extended availability for the month of November. And the Vatican said also... Because of the health emergency, the elderly, the sick, and others who cannot leave the house for serious reasons can participate in the indulgence from home by reciting prayers for the deceased before an image of Jesus or the Virgin Mary. So, excellent. certainly a great opportunity for us throughout the whole month of November to pray for our beloved dead, for those in our family. And that's obviously what we're talking about, is praying as a family. And it's a great reminder to... to pray for our deceased relatives, and then, as you said, to then extend that to those that maybe aren't part of the family, but those people that we knew, those people that we were once encountered, uh, encountered at church, or just even, you know, a lot of kids have, uh, you know, their heroes, and some of them may have passed on. I know my son, dressed as Stan Lee, who is a comic author, and uh, he of course, thinks very highly of him because he created all these great comic books that he enjoys. And so even extending those prayers to, to people and just getting your kids involved and saying, you know, this is a great opportunity. It, it's, it certainly is. It's, um, as far as I know, it's the first time this has been extended this long. And it's yeah, a great, a great place to start when we're talking about praying with the family is to just remind them of uh, you know, those that have passed on, that our, our responsibility is to them because they cannot any longer pray for themselves. So it's our duty to pray for them and, and beg God that they too might enter into the beatific vision. Well, thank you for that, Peter Martin. Uh, again, the Director of Life, Marriage, and Family and Faith Formation for the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. Um, we know that you've been with us before on the air, but for those listeners that are not familiar with you, just tell us a little bit about yourself then. Yeah, I am a father of eight children, 
a husband for almost 20 years, going on 20 now. And um, yeah, our kids range from the age of 15 down to eight months. We have seven boys and one little precious girl. Awesome. And uh, you tell us a little bit about your passion for working with married couples and families. I know you're a former seminarian. We went to seminary together. <laughs> now you find yourself married, now almost 20 years married, eight, eight kids, um, spanning, uh, age span, you know, the whole spectrum practically. Yeah. Uh, how, did, how did you arrive at that? So I met my wife um, towards... Uh, the the later years, the last semester of college. And um, as you said, I was in seminary for many years. I discerned that because my brother, my um, brother who's four years my elder, he is a priest for the Diocese of La Crosse. And a lot of people said growing up that you'd make a great priest as well. So I kind of followed in his footsteps. All the while, not really convinced that this was my vocation, but I had great formators when I was in seminary and they said, this is why we exist. We want you to continue in discerning that. And each year I said, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't feel right. I'm not sure this is what God's calling me to. And then towards the end, uh, in my senior year, I discerned out, met my wife. And the way we came to where I am today is through prayer and continual discernment of our own vocation as a married couple. We were actually uh, an engaged couple in adoration, praying about what God would have us do when God put it on my wife's heart, Teresa, very clearly that God would want us to continue our studies and to work for the church. And that it began in St. Paul at an adoration chapel there. And we continued. We didn't know exactly how it would work, but we said, God, if this is your calling, you'll see us through it. And and it's, it's a huge blessing. Every opportunity we get to work directly with couples, we just love it because we go back to that time when God said, this is what I'll have you do. And we said, it's, it's perfect. He, he did bring it to fruition. And so it's a, a great blessing for us to be able to interact with engaged couples, married couples, families. It's, yeah, every opportunity we get is uh, a reminder that God is faithful. One of the beautiful gifts that you express in your ministry is not only in the desire that you and your wife, Teresa, have with working with married couples, is uh, living it out in the home yourself, the importance of prayer, not only as a couple, but as a family, but also back to that uh, that part of a couple, because the, the couple prayer, that prayer as husband and wife is really important, and also for you uh, to lead as the husband and also the father to, to make that great example for your children. Can you speak a little bit about that? Absolutely. So, you know, as a father, it, you know, whether we like it or not, our kids are going to do what we do. Uh, so it is imperative that we lead by a good example. And so first and foremost, we have to have our relationship with the Lord intact. Uh, it, it affects our marriage, it affects our family. And when we lead by that example, automatically the children see. They see if you're, if the first thing they see is dad in prayer when they wake up in the morning, they see that that's important to him. Uh, and so it's, it's, uh, it's something we do in the family is that uh, regardless of the age, we ask them to set aside time in the morning when they first wake up to give some time to God. Now. Like I said, some, some children at, the, at a younger age, 
they might just thumb through a lot of holy cards that they've picked up from church. Um, but yet still, it gets them in that practice of recognizing that this is an important part of who we are. The relationship with God is, is necessary, and that's why we take care of it first thing in the morning, to, to, to make sure that God gets the best uh, that we have, and so we're fresh, and sometimes, depending on the coffee, uh, and, and alert, um, and we're able to give God um, all of ourselves, the best that we have. Absolutely. We're speaking this morning on Real Presence Live with Pete Martin, who is the Director of Life, Family, and Marriage, and Faith Formation for the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. I'm Matt Wilkham, along with Father Tim Buren. We're here at the Church of St. Charles Borromeo in St. Charles, Minnesota, talking about prayer and the importance of praying together as married couples and as a family, uh, the family that prays together stays together. I think it was Father Patrick Payton uh, who uh, really... I don't know if he coined that phrase, but he certainly made it a, a household phrase. Phrase, yeah. uh, and uh, you, know, you were talking about encouraging your children to pray in the morning. I think that's a great way, Peter, to uh, really set the tone throughout the rest of the day. Um, kind of like, kind of like in radio. It's like the morning show really sets the tone, <laughs> and hopefully carries people throughout the day. Hopefully they stay on the same frequency. That's what the station hopes. Uh, so that's, that's why they, you know, the importance of the morning show uh, and Real Presence Live here is what we do and why we do it, uh, partly because of that. But, uh, but also, Peter, you speak a little bit about the importance of praying together as a family, maybe uh, later on in the day. How do you guys incorporate that? We have lots of different ways. So the obvious ones are the, our prayers before meals, um, we also end the day with evening prayer where all the children are together. Um, we have in our house a prayer area where we've got a couple of kneelers, and this is the place where we finish the day with our, our prayers. Um, but then there's also just lots of opportunities throughout the day. Uh, we don't get out as much anymore, as is probably the case with many families. But uh, anytime we are out and we either see or hear um, an emergency vehicle, we'll say a prayer for whatever just happened. You know, if we come across an accident, we'll pray for those that were involved in the accident, those that have been, uh, or who have arrived to assist. Uh, lots of those opportunities show up throughout the day. Uh, they, they, they're there. We just have to look for them. Uh, you're listening to Real Presence Live. Let's uh, talk a little bit about the special role a father has in leading the faith formation of his children on the other side. Again, this is Real Presence Live. Matt Wilkham, Father Tim Buren, talking with Peter Martin. And we'll be right back with more after this. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. It's a great time to spring into summer at Riverview Senior Living Community in Fargo. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. We are currently accepting new independent and assisted living residents. Riverview provides a safe, comfortable place to live with a small town Main Street feel with home-cooked food, a la carte care services, daily activities, and mass five days a week. You can contact Marin or Katie to find out about all that Riverview has to offer at 701-237-4700 or at homeishere.org. In today's world, we are enslaved to addiction. I'm Father Chris Alar. 
alcoholism, pornography, and drug abuse have become the master of millions of lives, maybe even your own. Addiction has led to countless deaths by overdose and suicide. So what can be done about it? Victims often explain they are searching to escape the troubles of this world, or they are trying to find a form of ecstasy. Unfortunately, these enslavers provide neither. The experience is only pseudo, a fleeting imitation of an authentic spiritual experience. There's only one true spiritual experience that can provide fulfillment, and when you find it, you will find hope. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. As a working Catholic professional, your needs and priorities for returning to college don't match a traditional campus experience. That's why the University of Mary has created a portfolio of truly affordable, truly flexible, and truly formative online graduate programs that are sure to align with today's needs. Advance your skills while strengthening your faith at the University of Mary. Visit us at catholicprofessional.life. That's dot L-I-F-E. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Again, good morning, everyone. Welcome here on location St. Charles Borromeo Catholic Church. You're listening to Real Presence Live. I'm Father Tim Buren, the pastor here, along with Matt Wilkham, the communications director for the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. And with us in studio, we have been listening uh, to the great advice of Peter Martin, who is the director of Life, Marriage, and Family and Faith Formation for the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. And before the break, uh, Peter, you had talked about uh, I think something that really uh, hits home for a lot of people, even those that no longer have children at home, and that is the practice of praying for somebody involved in whatever it may be when you hear those sirens. So I, I know our listeners are probably grateful for that reminder because that is something that is really instilled in our children, and it's something that they carry on to that next generation. So thank you for that. Uh, now, what what is um, some of those special roles that you as a father have in leading your uh, children in formation? So, the, again, lots of opportunities here. Um, obviously, both my wife and I have theology degrees. So, um, you know, we often have conversations about religion. But we take opportunities whenever they come. One example is we prepare the kids ahead of time for the Sunday Mass and we'll talk about the gospel that's coming up. And that will offer a conversation of what does this mean? Um, and again, at having children at, um, from the ages of 15 down to um, eight months, we, there are lots of varieties of questions, um, and it comes down to, you know, what is their capability? Some of the kids, their eyes gloss over when we're talking about some of the more heavy material. But what they know and what they learn is that mom and dad are very confident in their faith and they love their faith because they love talking about it. So they pick up on those cues, the body language, right? And so the older ones might be absorbing the message, but the younger ones are absorbing that, uh, that larger message of, look, mom and dad care about this. And so that's as, as far as a father in my role, 
that's a major thing is to, to share with my kids that our faith is not a part of our life, but it is truly all of our life. So we don't just relegate our faith to a Sunday morning and then that's it. We, we recognize that you know, if, if we want to be truly happy, then fulfilling God's commands and following his will will take us there. And so we take that very seriously. And yeah, leading in the faith, it doesn't mean that I have to sit down with the catechism in hand and go through each paragraph. But again, when the opportunity arises, we talk about it. What does God want? What is the purpose of whatever topic might, you know, uh, might be on their minds? And again, it's mostly parenting. <laughs> You're just going with it. You, you really you can't prepare yourself for the question that your child might have, but you're constantly prepared to bring in aspects of the faith and, and let them know that, you know, we don't just go with human wisdom. So a lot of times kids, they get on topic of dinosaurs or, you know, what, what dinosaur do you think would be able to kill the T-Rex? And, and so, we, you know, we might play with that for a little bit, but then steer it away and say, well, you know, what did God intend when he created the dinosaurs? And just get them thinking that, oh, so this involves all aspects. So, yeah, it's fun. I, I'm also reminded uh, by what you were saying, Peter, you're talking about how our faith is not just something that we do, but it is, is everything. It's what sustains us. And uh, there's the recognition of that to, to, to help a child from a very young age to recognize that will pay, pay off when they get older. I'm reminded of Proverbs 22, verse 6, which says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Mm-hmm. And there, I think there's a recognition in this verse there that there, there is not just a way, but, but the verse it says the way. There is a right way and there is a, a wrong way. Uh, actually, there's a lot of different wrong ways, but only one right way to go. Uh, I think Chesterton said that uh, there is a myriad of ways at which a man can fall, but only one angle at which he stands. Mm. I'm paraphrasing, but um, just the, the importance of that example. Our example is so powerful, it's, it's oftentimes the only thing that we have. Uh, really, especially as a, a child grows older and begins to realize that, oh, I can make decisions on my own as to whether or not to follow this. <laughs> um, what tips would you share, Peter Martin, with a married couple or a family who are, who are struggling to pray together? Not quite realize, you know, not quite able to figure out what, how do we go about doing this? Uh, what is, what is prayer? I mean, how do, is there a right or a wrong way to pray? Yeah, so I would say that the best thing to do would be to be honest. Uh, you know, for those of us that are parents, we recognize that there was really no school that we attended to, to learn how to be a father. Uh, and so, it, and, and because children just absorb everything that we do, the more honest we are, the, the more that helps them to realize that, oh, okay, so it's okay to fail. Uh, it's okay to not know all the answers. It's okay if, you know, we're struggling. And so that would be my first suggestion is if as a family you're like, all right, we haven't really been very good at praying, 
we're going to try this now. Just be very honest and say we're going to and say why you're going to try this. Kids are just they they want to know the answer to the the question why. Why are we doing this? So just give them the answer and say, you know, we we have come closer to the Lord as mother and father, as husband and wife, and, and we want to share that with you. Or if there was something, or if it's the pandemic, or if, you know, if there was a death in the family, and, and just say, we, we realize that we haven't been as good as we should have been, and we want to change that now. Kids, they recognize if you're being honest, and so it's okay to say, we have been forgetting our before meal prayers. Um, just, yeah, let them know that we're, we're going to turn the corner, and again, they really want to know that answer to the question why. So they, it's, it's going to come up. Why pray? What difference does it make? And so my answer, they don't want a page out of St. Thomas's Summa Contra Gentiles or the Summa Theologica. They, they want your experience. And so I simply say, I have recognized a huge difference between families that pray and families that do not. And that's typically all they need. One of the great blessings of being a pastor is working with couples, preparing them for the sacrament of marriage. And Peter, you will know this with your expertise as the director of life, marriage, and family, that there are many couples today that are of mixed religions, or even those that there may be a spouse that doesn't practice a faith or the faith. And uh, so certainly that becomes a challenge. Is there... Is there a simple way that we can launch these couples into that lifelong journey of prayer and then eventually teaching that to their children? Or is it the same concept that worked for you and your family? Do you have any thoughts on that? So the first thing I think when I think of a, a mixed couple is, is the example of our saints that have gone before us. So there's many saints who have been married to a spouse that either is contrary to the faith or just simply doesn't practice. And, and they're example is being one of prayer for their spouse. And so oftentimes the spouse would be converted by the prayer of their wife or of their husband. Uh, so that would be my first suggestion is, is just try praying for their conversion. And then secondly, just recognizing, you know, that they're not where you are, but sharing where you are. Because it might be oftentimes the evil one plant seeds of deception and they in their head they think oh they're only doing this because this this and this but when you share why you're actually doing it that those lies get squelched immediately and so that would be my second suggestion is just communicate just say why is this important what do you pray for what is your intention when when you pray what do you hope for that's the beauty of a couple that prays is that they have such a greater depth of communication. They, they have aspirations as a couple. They can dream together. But then again, when, you know, evil strikes, whether it be natural disasters, whether it be a death in the family, they're closer to one another and they get through it together. If they don't have that closeness, then it, it becomes perhaps another way to divide the couple. I've also heard, Pete Martin, that prayer is not so much about us telling God or feeding God information, but it's more about changing us. It's not about changing God or his, his will necessarily, uh, but it's, it's, 
prayer is, is meant, is more for us. Can, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I, I recently read a, a book about prayer, and you can read thousands of them and still not have all the answers. Uh, but there was a response to this question in there that kind of blew me away because I was like, oh, that's, <laughs> that's simple. And the answer to the question, why do you pray, is simply because Jesus told us to. And that's what he asks us to do. Why does he tell us to pray? Well, because he wants us to recognize our need for him. Number one, but also he's a good father, so he wants to fulfill those needs. So in even just the Our Father, we, we, we pray for our daily bread. And, and God constantly reminds us that, yes, I will supply that, like any good father. Who among you would hand your son a scorpion when he asked for a loaf of bread, right? And so here's God who is love. And so, of course, he will answer our prayers. Maybe not immediately, maybe not in the way that we asked precisely, but in the end, he will bring us to that fullness that we desire. Amen. And uh, we just have a few seconds, Pete Martin, uh, just real quick, uh, plug for the Voitiwa Community and Institute that you uh, recently founded with mm. a couple of other uh, folks and yep. some other couples. Yeah. Yeah. So people can go on to voitiwaci.com and learn more about it. We've, we've found a rule that JP2 himself created for married couples. And we have um, basically brought together a group of couples that follow this rule. It's a simple way of recognizing that in order to live out our life of faith in this world, we need to come together. We need to be strengthened by one another. Uh, as our world goes more and more away from Christianity, we're going to need more support. And so that's what this is. We are in a very silent phase, you could say, as we kind of learn how this will um, play out, but it will soon become something that people can join. But they can go already on the website and learn more about it and sign up for um, some more information if they wish. And that website is voitiwaci.com, and that's spelled W-O-J-T-Y-L-A-C-I.com, voitiwaci.com. Again, named after Pope John Paul II, who was Carol Voitiwa before he became Pope and a great saint. And uh, thanks, Peter Martin, for joining us on Real Presence Live. Appreciate it. Next, are you looking for some faith-filled books for your children or grandchildren? We'll talk more in the next segment of Real Presence Live. Stay tuned. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 